Welcome to a special episode of whether this is the Freedom Footprint Show or just something else on the Consensus Channel, we're not quite sure yet, but we're here with Knut Svanholm and shadowy super publisher Nico Lamanen. And I am, of course, Luke the Sudofin, and we're going to talk about Knut's new book, Praxeology, The Invisible Hand That Feeds You. Knut, take it away. Well, good to be here, Luke, uh, and good to have Nico here too. Nico uh, had a huge part in in making this book happen. This is, yeah, as you said, my my latest book. Where is it? Over here. You got and it. Uh, uh, I started writing this in December, and uh, we finished editing it uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know where we are. We, we should tell people what what date it is. This is the 9th of April. So we're doing this, uh, we're pre-recording this because I'm, I'm pretty busy here in April and May. I'm going to Sydney first and then to Stuttgart and then to Miami, uh, maybe to Munich and, uh, then Prague. So, so, uh, I'll be, I'll be doing my whole, uh, pinball, uh, routine <laughs> bouncing across the world. So we thought we'd, we'd talk about this book, but it could be good to, to know when we do this because. The product isn't finished yet, is it, Nico? We, we have, we're, we're almost done. We're like 95% done at this point. Would you, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, at least. I mean, it's, uh, you said you started in December. It's, it's been progressing pretty quickly. And a huge shout out to Mel Schilling as well, who's, who's been co-editing the book with me. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we make a great team, all of us that we've, we've been uh, working on the book tirelessly. There's, of course, other people also involved who read it, but I would say with confidence that the content is good. And sorry for calling you Nico. I forgot that I was supposed to call you shadowy super publisher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's all right. You have your shadowy super publisher outfit on. Yes. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is uh, Nico. He's my boss. That's <laughs> Stop <laughs> saying is... that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The, the Praxeology book, I, I realized one day that, uh, there's a hole in the market for uh, a entry level, an entry level praxeology book. I view praxeology as the great missing school subject. To me, like d deep diving into into the the works of Ludwig von Mises and Murray Rothbard, uh, after uh, having fallen down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, was very very eye opening, and I just couldn't stop uh, reading uh, and. Uh, I know that a, a lot of other Bitcoiners have had the same experience, but there's no real entry-level book. Human action, the, the, the Bible of praxeology is like 400 pages long and, uh, not very accessible. So, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd make this and I found the structure for the book from a YouTube series called Prax Girl that I can highly recommend. It's a, a a woman from New York that, that teaches you a, a, about praxeology in short one minute lessons. Uh, and I sort of based the, uh, the structure of the chapters on that because praxeology builds from a certain set of axioms that are irrefutable about human action. It's the science of human action. And it starts from a certain set of axioms. Uh, the first one being human action is, um, uh, let's see if I remember it. <laughs> Uh, human action is purposeful behavior and you, you can draw a lot of conclusions from just starting at these irrefutable starting points. Yeah. So I got the basic structure there, uh, and 
added some other stuff that I like, or pr other praxeology, uh, praxeological insights that I really like. There's a chapter about counterfeiting and there's a chapter about argumentation based off of Hans Hermann Hoppe's work on uh, argumentation ethics. And of course, there's a lot of my own thoughts in there. When you write about praxeology, you have to be a lot more precise, though, than when you write about Bitcoin. And you can't really just grab ideas out of thin air and, and see where they lead you. You have to be so, more sort of rigid in your, in your thinking. So it was pretty hard to write. Something happened, though, midway through the process when I realized, or we realized, that, that uh, a lot of the examples in the book are from Robinson Crusoe. There's a concept called Crusoe economics, and it's about when you build insights about economics up from the ground by, by studying Robinson Crusoe and uh, his time preference and what happens if he engages in labor for a long time and then leisure and whatever. And then you, only after you've studied the basic about basics about indivi the individual and the individual's uh, subjective values, you add Friday to the mix and see what happens when they start trading with one another. Uh, so I realized at some point that I could use Robinson Crusoe as like a theme for the book and that most of the examples in the book would be Crusoe themed. Uh, so I did that and we rewrote a lot. And then Mel Chilling, was the, uh, who's the original editor, I've been working with Mel and Nico um, before on the uh, Everything Divided book, for, for instance. Uh, so I first did a editing round with Mel and then one with Nico, where we sat down with each chapter and, and just tried to make each sec section a little better uh, because we want this book to be a, 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 re a real good one. So I would say uh, Nico is... Uh, and Mel are borderline editors now, borderlining co-authors. But uh, <laughs> you're too kind, yeah, yeah. sir. <laughs> but the, yeah, I really enjoyed the pro process. Like uh, sometimes we would get into like really almost heated arguments over over some little passage on the book where we disagreed, and then uh, I guess we just learned how to how to uh, move on without disagreements. At one yeah. point, I remember you, you said like, "This is not an argument. This is abuse." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I could almost see the tears in your eyes. <laughs> There's uh, uh, a lot in the argumentation chapter about the difference between argumentation and and mockery, um, because if 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 the aim of the argumentation is not to get to an agreement of some kind, or if you do get to an agreement, but one the, the deciding party, the party with the power, still manages still chooses to not do whatever you agreed upon but just do whatever he wants then that's sort of not an argument at all it's just mockery on behalf of the slave owner <laughs> the slave owner is mocking the slave so yeah i enjoyed writing this a lot and i i know it's going to be under a lot of scrutiny people are going to call me out and call me stupid uh, a lot and i'm looking forward to that a lot too uh, and to, uh, you know, argue with people about things in the book, uh, and maybe even make a second edition at some point, but uh, we'll see. I'm pr pretty confident that the things in this book are not wrong per se. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to hearing your thoughts about it. Uh, everyone's I mean, thoughts. Yeah. 
maybe this would be a good time to show a little bit of the book as well and maybe read a read a part of it. I especially enjoyed the the argumentation um, chapter where you talk about uh, if uh, like for example with the with the government, like it's not really and when you negotiate with the taxman, it's not really an argument when when you uh, when when the goal is not to actually reach a higher truth, which means that you know, you're not allowed to steal from somebody. So this kind of argument about how much should somebody steal from you is actually just mockery. Yeah, before before you show uh, show the book, uh, uh, we should explain how the uh, that the typesetting for this was a bit more ambitious than usual as well. We we found that we could use the pictures from the original Robinson Crusoe book. Uh, there's one right behind me here. I don't know if you can see it. So the book is filled with these beautiful illustrations. We never did illustrations before like this. Uh, and uh, this beautiful quote from the Robinson Crusoe book. So we have also decided to only release this as a hardcover to begin with, because the, be the book is too beautiful to be a, you know, cheap pocketbook that you buy in the, in a kiosk at an airport like this, this is, uh, this is supposed to be the real thing. It's not a very long book. It's. Around it's going to be around 140 pages, I think. Yeah, uh, but it will be a beautiful one, and hopefully, you'll find it valuable. Yeah, it will be only slightly shorter than Everything Divided by 21 million. If you read that one, that's that's 160, I believe. So I think we're gonna hit 140, 160 with about 120 pages of actual content. I think that's the sweet spot for um, entry level book. And I just want to say that. Previously to this book, I've been recommending Henry Hazlitt's Economics in One Lesson to people who want to delve into uh, praxeology and Austrian economics. But this is going to be the new book that I'm going to be recommending. I, I have uh, full faith that this will this will be the missing piece in uh, educating people about the science of human action. The only science that is really worth teaching because everything derives from it. Here's a page from the book. Um, we have a bit of a marked section there. All truth claims are justified and decided upon by argumentation. One cannot dispute this claim since expressing an opposing view would be an attempt to justify one's claim by argumentation in itself. So there's that. Arguing is purposeful behavior, hence it's a human action. In arguing, people use physical means, notably their bodies, your, your vocal cords, your tongue, your lungs, to achieve a specific end, an agreement on the truth value of a particular position. So when you argue, you're trying to get to a certain point. Uh, you're trying to get to a... The goal is always agreement. You might not reach agreement, and the truth you agree upon might not be the very truthful at all. Uh, you could agree that there's a, a you know, flying spaghetti monster or something, and that wouldn't really make that more true in reality, but still, uh, argumentation is the peaceful way of resolving conflict. The, the other way you have a, of resolving a conflict is by violent means. And praxeology can tell us what happens when you choose to use one rather than the other. This has been a great overview so far of, of kind of what the book is and a little bit about the, um, the history of it. Now, can you talk a little bit about the, the content in a, a little more detail, or maybe a, a preview of the, even the chapter titles, that sort of thing? 
the, the first chapter is called action and it de- describes what a human action is and, and why people do what they do or why, like praxeology doesn't really concern itself with the whys of why people do things, but it instead admits that we all act. The, one of the basic axioms is man must act, which means that we must do stuff in order to survive. Otherwise, we, we just die if we don't act. So man must act is one of the, the axioms of praxeology. And by action, we mean purposeful behavior. That is that you do something with intent. You, you, uh, you find yourself in a state of uneasiness and you want to relieve yourself of that uneasiness. And you do that by predicting the outcome of an action and what it will lead to in the future. And then you decide what action to take and you take the action and you see whether, where you end up after having done it. So for instance, if I choose to drink a glass of water because I'm thirsty, uh, if I'm thirsty, I'm in a state of uneasiness. So I, I decide that drinking a glass of water is the highest thing on my priority list right now. I drink the glass of water and hopefully I'm in a state of less uneasiness after I've done that. So that's, that's an action. And the present in praxeology refers to that entire process. So the present and the past and the future are slightly different in praxeology than in the natural sciences. In physics, for, for instance, a, uh, the present is just a point in time or even a point in space time. But in praxeology, it is the, the, the time the action takes, like that's the present. Action means and ends, returns, labor, capital, time and trade, money, markets, competition, entrepreneurship, progress, prices, purchasing power, time preference, loans and interest, capital theory, counterfeiting, argumentation, and a conclusion. And also like I, uh, for anybody who's watching those uh, ISVN numbers are not real. So this is just a, just a draft. Yeah. Uh, like we said, it's 95% done. Almost. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those are the chapters and praxeology sort of tells us that human action eventually, eventually leads to trade. Uh, every interaction between two human beings is a trade and therefore it's, it's closely connected to economics, but it goes deeper than, than uh, traditional economics and admits a couple of things that you know, traditional uh, fiat economists simply pretend that they're not there. Uh, for instance, that all value is subjective and, uh, that there's a difference between a cost and a price. If you choose a certain action, the cost of choosing that action is always lower than the price. And if you choose to to not do something like buy a bottle of milk, that means that the cost of buying the bottle of milk to you at that moment is higher than the price of the, the bottle of milk. So praxeology is sort of like a prerequisite for, for understanding economics in a true manner and not just in a looking at charts and, and numbers banner. Yeah. And I, I just want to mention that this, this goes back all the way to Knut's first real book, which is the sovereignty through mathematics. The first chapter there is everything's a trade, a really, uh, 
influenced a lot of my thinking. I, I hadn't read a lot of praxeology book, any praxeology book before that. So that was actually, funnily enough, the first uh, touch to praxeology. And yeah. it still, it still uh, rings true to this day. And I'm, I'm super happy that we got to do this project together and that we can now actually delve a little bit deeper to what that means, that everything is a trade. And one thing that we go through, you go through in the, in the book is um, that everybody's a profit seeker. Maybe, maybe we should uh, go into that a little bit because that's something that is often misunderstood when you talk about profit seeking, like this kind of like socialist mindset that you're not allowed to, especially in Nordics, like, you know, where we <laughs> yeah, are we'll... familiar with that, like you're not allowed to seek profits so, or is somehow uh, frowned upon. But if everything is a trade, then what drives us is the profit that we seek from it, which is alleviating the felt uneasiness. Yeah. And it's important to remember that profit is not a a monetary term it's 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 a psychological term uh, you you can either profit from an action or or lose from it like we're all seeking profit that is we seek to to uh, to end up in a, a a state of less uneasiness that, than we were previously in that's all profit is like we 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 want to maximize uh how shall I put this we want to get closer to our our goals, our the uh, our desires or our ends. A, a human action is seeking an end through as a uh, set of means that you choose, and uh, means and ends. It's it's what it's all about. And money is a very powerful means to a a plethora of ends, but it's not the only means we have to reach an end. And uh, we have to take the we we have to consider it as just one means among many. You know, talking is a means to an end. Arguing is a means to an end. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, and I I think a lot of people confuse the the ends and means, and they they start thinking that if you're profit seeking, then money is actually your ends. Where when actually it's just the means. Like if money is your ends, what are you going to use that for? Yeah. And another, another way in, in which people misinterpret words is like, they think that money can be idle and just that people can hoard money and that is somehow bad. Uh, but hoarded money or saved capital is always providing the holder with value because it, it brings you a, a, a state of safety. Like if you have a lot of capital, you can you can be less uncertain. The future is less uncertain to you. Like if you have nothing, the future is very uncertain. You don't know if you'll live through the night, but if you have a lot of capital, the, your chances are higher that you'll survive the night. So, so money saved is, is providing its owner with a service at all times. So there's no such thing as idle money. And neither is there something, uh, such a thing as a circular economy. Praxeology shows us how everything's connected and every human being is connected somehow. They, they, the economy encompasses everything. And also there's no such thing as money in circulation, uh, because it always belongs to someone. Uh, at each point in time, there's a certain owner uh, of everything. And also we go into the differences between ownership and possession in this book, uh, and a lot of other 
praxeological concepts. I shouldn't spoil the whole thing, should I? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not go through all of it. But yeah, yeah that, that was funny, the, the circulation part, because I think that was like one of the moments in the editing process once we once uh, you said that and we realized that we have to change all the words of, uh, that mention circulation in the context yeah, yeah, of money yeah. in the book. Yeah, we, we found the word it's circulation. <laughs> we, were contra- the, yeah. we were contradicting. Yeah, we were contradicting ourselves. I would go as far, like, this is not a Bitcoin book, let's be clear. Like, this is a praxeology book. Bitcoin is not even mentioned once, even though there's in the cover, there's Bitcoin Orange. We can talk about that later. But uh, I would go as far as to say that understanding praxeology is prerequisite to understanding Bitcoin. Like, there's too many uh, people who are in it for tech. Like, it's not a technology. You know, Bitcoin is, sure, I mean, you can say that it's, it's an information network and it has nodes and it has computers and it's a technology in that way, but it's also much, much more. It's something that, like Satoshi said, there's really nothing, nothing to compare to. And I, I think that's, that's a fallacy that a lot of people fall into. They start comparing it into stocks or yeah. money or whatever technology. And it's none of those and all of those. So yeah, maybe, maybe go into that a little bit. Yeah, I, I try to not mention Bitcoin at all in this book, but I guess I mentioned it in this interview. <laughs> but uh, that's that's one of the uh, one of the things I set out to do when writing the book was like I'm not going to mention Bitcoin once because I, I I find the creative process to be easier if you set some limits to what you can and cannot do uh, because it, then you force yourself to think in other ways and uh, and that somehow makes the process easier. Maybe a little about a little bit about kind of uh, how it came together in in such a short time, and uh, a bit about the editing process, how that went. Yeah, I I, I have a friend um, I have a friend here down here in Spain who has a, a an apartment, and he was you know kind enough to to lend me this apartment so that I could sit I could sit in this apartment and write the book, and not have you know my kids and my wife around to, to, to ask me <laughs> stuff all the time. So I had some time by myself and it's always good to like zone out when you're trying to write something because you, you sort of need that peace of mind. And as soon as you get interrupted in the process, it gets very hard to, to find your way back. But yeah, so the, so the writing process was pretty smooth. Uh, but I think that the book really came alive in the editing process and, and also when we uh, decided to, or when I decided to put Robinson Crusoe everywhere instead of, instead of Alice and Bob, <laughs> but the editing process, we, we had, uh, we spent like on average two hours on each chapter, I think, Nicole, uh, just reading through the entire thing and, uh, making sure that every sentence was the best it could be. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically the process was that we would uh, spin up a Zoom call, we would open the cloud document, looking at the same thing, and then Knut starts reading through it. And then I was, I'm like, hold on a second, that sounds stupid. Like, let's uh, let's uh, try to work on that. Like, oh, that, that yeah. doesn't work. And then we would go into this, like, yeah, if an argument, and then come up with some kind of suggestions and then move on. Yeah, and we haven't... Point. We haven't killed each other yet, so I, I guess it's... Uh, that was really educational well, process, actually. Like, Yeah, like it some, was. Sometimes it's, of course, it's annoying when somebody's saying like, no, that's shit. Like, <laughs> of course, say of that. course it is. It's super annoying, but uh, I think we uh, we did good. Yeah, and I think it's educational for both of us because like, for one, just having the, uh, fresh eyes on it and, and someone coming up with better suggestions, that's that's good in itself. But also, 
when you have to like defend a standpoint or, or uh, you have to steel man your arguments, that's how you learn. <laughs> uh, or that's uh, a very powerful way of, of learning something. It's to try to argue for it or try to argue against it. And you, you have to argue with yourself and you ha have to really dissect a proposition to see if it's correct. And uh, when writing about human action, you'll, you'll, you'll have to like really walk through it in your head so that you're not saying anything that contradicts itself. Um, yeah. So a very, uh, very rewarding process, I would say. And there's, uh, we should say something about this, uh, the forward, the, the forward is being written at the moment by Rahim Tagi Sadegan. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher his name too much there. I've been trying to learn how to pronounce his last name. But uh, I'm very proud that he said yes to to writing the foreword. Uh, he's one of my favorite Austrian thinkers out there. Uh, and he's also in the Bitcoin space and a very friendly guy. So uh, yeah, very happy about that. Let's talk about the cover. Yeah, the cover. Yeah, I think we're, we're both extremely proud of it. So I want to mention it. Yeah, you, you want to screen share the cover uh, maybe? Oh, sure. Yes, we can see yeah. it behind you, Knut. Yeah, but we so should. So we can actually out. do the. Actually, I I, I already have the. Actually, actually, actually. Nico says actually all the time. Yeah, I love act. <laughs> I'm an actually maximalist. There you go. The the story about the cover is that we I I just made a draft. I had this idea in the in my head about the, mostly about like the the font, but really nothing else, and just tried to find a picture and find found a picture of a scale that I, I, I sort of liked. That was just the uh, an outline for a cover. And then you came up with the idea that there should be something in the scales. And uh, we riffed on that for a while. And uh, all of a sudden came, came the idea that an apple and an orange, that says it all. So it's apples and oranges. Uh, praxeology is all about differentiating between apples and oranges. What constitutes a homogenous good is also a subjective thing. So you, the homogenous good in this case could be apples, oranges, or fruit. Uh, I mean, or <laughs> stuff. What do I know? Like it's up to the uh, up to the buyer of the product to come up with what homoge homogeneity means to them. That's also a big part of praxeology. And the apple uh, and the orange uh, were a good. Good fit for the scales, I think. Uh, and note that the uh, this is a bit of an Easter egg, but the the orange is Bitcoin orange. It's the the orange color from the Bitcoin logo. So, yeah, just subtly hinting about that every and the uh, fiat green. You you might say it's a it's a fiat apple. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really love love this. Like this is really perfect. Like it's one of those moments when you see something and then you can't unsee it. Like it's it's just too perfect. So like, like you, you always like, it's a, it's a saying that, um, you shouldn't compare apples to oranges, but that's what praxeology is all about, like mutually beneficial trade. So actually you, you can, if, 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 if an, apple is, if an ap apple is what you want and orange is all you have, then your only choice is to, to trade the apple for them for an orange. And for you, it's a, it's a mutually beneficial trade at that point. Yes, and it works like a clockwork orange. Anyway, this is what it looks like. And I, I think it's so beautiful that that's, that, that 
we will only release hard covers and no, no soft covers because this, this book is too beautiful to be a soft cover. Yeah, you know I, I think I this might be one of, one of the first ones that we don't do a soft cover unless there's like an overwhelming request for it, which I don't think there will be. We hope yeah, there I will be at some point. I think ebook and a, and a hardcover should do it. And an audiobook. Uh, oh, yes, of course. We'll see who, who'll narrate this one. Uh, probably Guy's one, but we haven't talked to him yet, so we'll, uh, we'll see about that. This is where all of our uh, listeners and viewers need to tell Knut to read his own audiobook. <laughs> ah, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to narrate it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm uh, I'm too yeah, busy having too busy having fun, staying poor. Yeah, <laughs> but if if somebody in the audience does want to give it a go, uh, my inbox is always open. To it, so just uh, let yeah. us know. We'll yeah. we will want somebody very soon reading this and making an audio version. Yeah, I I, I think we we should talk to Guy first though if he's interested. Anyway, uh, this is the Praxeology book, and uh, yeah, I never talked about it before, so th this is this has been a fun experience. Uh, I hope you like it. Uh, I had fun making it, and uh, I hope you enjoyed reading it, and I hope you read more about Praxeology.